We have to talk. This is... something else. I need your help. Are you sure this isn't something you can handle yourself? I'm sure. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Overcast, your joke-making, fun-having pop culture podcast. I am your host, Justin, a.k.a. Oversoul. And I am your co-host, Nick, a.k.a. The Vaping Fiend. Yes, and like always, we bring you sunshine on a cloudy day. And this is another bonus episode, much like like the ones that we have done for Guardians 3 and the Super Mario movie and a few other things I can't remember. Oh, Saw X. Um, Mm, Saw X. Much Um, like all of those. I think we did the PlayStation uh, event, too, as a bonus episode, didn't we? Yes, Last yes, year? we did, because it was, because, yeah, because they did their thing separate from Game Fest, so. Um, so, this episode is going to be all about the PlayStation 5 exclusive Insomniac's Spider-Man 2. Um, like always, we're going to start with our spoiler-free reviews, or as uh, as spoiler-free as can be allowed for this kind of thing, um, because there is a lot of content that was already public knowledge to begin with because of the stuff that Insomniac showed off ahead of time, so that stuff I will not be considering spoilers. <laughs> um... And then we will go on into the I mean we'll we'll do our rating, obviously, and then we will go into the spoiler free section. Now this one I think I got down packed as far as being able to talk more about the game uh in the spoiler free section without spoiling anything. So um yeah, we might be getting awesome, to this awesome. a little a, a little bit late, but it doesn't matter that much because, uh, you know, um, Nick here, like, just started the game this month and then finished it in, like, I want to say a week, if not less. Yeah, no, I think so... it was five days. Five days. <laughs> and I just... So the, the the only things I have left to finish are the EMF mission, the EMF experiments, the... Um, uh, oh, and... The I have to collect the rest of the spider bots. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we won't be talking as much about what happens with that. But I um, no, I no, did no. I did I did look it up, and apparently it's a reference to the Spider Verse movies or a potential that makes sense. A potential reference to the next one, but there's a, a character that you meet that was supposed to be in the latest movie that was removed from it at the last minute, but might be in the next one, apparently. Oh, and there, really? There is, there is an offhanded mention of the villain from the second movie, so... Okay. Kind of like, it's a kind of Easter egg, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um... But that's all the more I can really say about it. But, uh, yeah, uh, we'll start with the spoiler-free section, obviously. Yes. Um, there's a lot to talk about there. I would say the fact that um, you get a Venom suit is not a spoiler because Insomniac showed it off before the game came out. So Yes, yes, um, they did. 
So we can talk about that um, without any story specifics, but about the yeah. combat for sure. Um, Dude, so the, the I would say the combat on this, I how seamless it is. The uh, I know you want to talk about it. Go for it. Oh, the combat it flows quite well. Yeah, that's that's what you're saying. It it, it flows really well. Um, I will say that in my mind, uh, Spider-Man Two, this game, uh, because of the combat and because of the stealth mechanics and the addition of the web wings, this is the closest thing we're ever going to get to another Batman Arkham game. Quite no, frankly, no, absolutely, I agree with you one hundred percent on that. It, it, it feels very similar, and it looking back on it, this Z Spider-Man games definitely borrowed a lot from those Batman Arkham games. But mm-hmm. you know what, though? If you're going to copy someone's homework, might as well make it the smartest kid in class, right? So Right. <laughs> you know, so it's not a bad thing, you know? If somebody does something that works, then other developers should try to emulate that, you know? And, you know, make it their own. You know, it's not a carbon copy. It still feels different to play, especially because most of your traversal throughout the game is the web swinging. And, man, if that doesn't feel so goddamn good (laughs) when you do it. I have to agree with you on that. Because there's, like, I I think that's one of the reasons why I gravitate towards these Spider-Man games is because there's, it's, something hits different about, like when you're swinging through the between the buildings of New York, it's fucking awesome, bro. <clears throat> oh yeah, it, it is. I will say though, because you know of how I am with like heights and stuff, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't bother me being like in high up areas in these games and stuff. What gets me is when you start going really fast or like you are falling from a really high place. And everything around you gets blurry, and the wind goes whoosh, and like mm-hmm. I don't know, my my asshole like jumps up into my throat when that happens. <laughs> like fair, it is. It's in it, like I get a little like ooh, you know. Um, mm-hmm. but they were actually, you know, we can talk about this too. This game has accessibility options out the wazoo, and one of them has to do with that whole, you know, like, uh, fear of heights and motion sickness stuff. Like, they Mm -hmm. definitely have options for that. They have physics options where, like, the swinging, like I said, it's really fluid, but you can make it more aggressive if you want. There are settings you can tweak that make it so that, like instead of a smooth transition in the swinging, like, it's more physics-based where, like, it basically yanks you hard, you know, like like it would realistically. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, those are things you can turn on and off in the settings, you know. The game even has a difficulty mode that is basically invincibility mode. Like, you can't die. It's, you know, the let my little is cousin like play a- mode. Yeah, exactly. I let my little cousin play mode. Like we were, like you were talking about in, uh, um, I think it was the, uh, the 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 game awards uh, episodes that we did. Yeah, this is a damn near perfect game. Not quite perfect, but damn near perfect. It's one of those prime examples of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just make it better. And there were a a lot of things like about the first two games, Spider-Man and Miles Morales, 
that mm-hmm. were fa- that were fantastic that they did right you know they did a lot of things very right and they improve upon those mechanics in this game and make them feel better than they've ever felt before like gotcha you know, okay this is so far the best iteration of this gameplay style that they've done you oh know? absolutely like, absolutely there were yes. Like I like I said, like, you know, a lot of people in, you know, for example, in the first game, a lot of people complained about the uh, MJ and Miles stealth sections just because of how they were done. But the mm-hmm. one that everyone agrees was really good was where you're playing as MJ and Peter is around you picking off enemies one by one as you're as you're sneaking through. That was cool. But they mm-hmm. fixed those sections in this game by giving MJ a taser gun and combat capabilities. Yes. So it's no, like... That I- yeah, I appreciated that they did that because they, they made the MJ stealth mission so much fucking easier. Yeah, yeah. I will say this, though. Um, I, I heard someone else say this on a different podcast, and I kind of agree with them to an extent. I don't mind it, but I definitely see it now that they pointed it out. And they said that ever since The Last of Us and the popularity of that, it feels like they've been trying to squeeze some The Last of Us-ness into every single possible PlayStation exclusive. And they feel like those MJ sections where you're sneaking around enemies in, a- in areas that are moss-covered and doing stealth takedowns and stuff is definitely their attempt to, uh-huh. s- to squeeze that into this game. <laughs> you know? Really? Okay, I can I can, I can see that I can I can see that that's it's just like the arbitrary. This is a Sony exclusive signature. You know what I mean? Like the yeah, you yeah. know it's it's kind of a lot of people feel like ever since The Last of Us, a lot of their exclusives have become very similar in like tone, mechanics, and design. Even if the gameplay is different, there's like there's something about PlayStation exclusives that just screams PlayStation exclusive. And it's usually like the, yeah. the linear, the linear narrative focused sections. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and people think that the MJ sections are the parts that scream. This is a PlayStation game more than anything, because it feels very the last of us or, you know, like uh stealthier sections of horizon or something like mm-hmm. that. So I can see that. I can see that. I don't Speaking of necessarily Horizon, I haven't f- played any. I haven't played either of those games <laughs> yet. Oh, those are those are those are good good ones to get to it. Yeah, at some point for sure. And it, yeah, that's a that's a great open open world game. But we'll talk about that one on a different show. Um, yeah. So. Um, the web wings, probably the Ooh. biggest addition to this game that makes traversal so much fun. Like you, I mm-hmm. never used fa- fast travel in this game ever because traveling between the swinging and the web wings, it was just perfect. You know, it was, dude. I I like the web wings. I don't. I didn't. The only time I ever saw myself using them is when. The wind is actually going in the direction that I need to be going. Otherwise, I just whip myself across the water. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those wind tunnels I found are usually under the bridges, which is kind of cool and realistic. Um, There is, like, certain... Uh, side quests and challenges related to the web wings too, like taking down all of the uh, the robot birds. 
Um, uh, I don't necessarily think that this would be considered a spoiler, but Craven uh, the Hunter was a was a really big part of this uh this yeah game. no not a spoiler because that was announced ahead of time he would be the main villain of this one yeah it was shown yeah. during that playstation event that we mentioned earlier uh last year Mm-hmm. yeah it isn't no that wasn't when it wasn't that not when that game was announced no, no, it was announced before that, but that trailer showed Craven the Hunter, and he pulled up that data pad that showed New York and showed all the heroes and villains in New York, and I remember we skimmed through that while we were recording that episode and tried to point out all the ones we could find in that scene. Okay, yep. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Yes, that was... That was a whole lot of fun. Um... <clears throat> So, oh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I I have a few caveats, but those are those are for the spoiler section. Personally, I will say the one I can say spoiler free for the most part, and this I don't think I don't think there's many people that would disagree with this. As good as this game is, it still it has the uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom problem where. At its core, because it's the same map and everything, it really just feels more like an expansion of the other games that came before it rather than its own thing, you know? Yeah. Almo- almost like a really big DLC, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That yeah. might, that might now, be, like, I'm... one of the few things holding it back from a perfect score for me. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken... Isn't the map much, much bigger on this one? The map is a combination of the map from the first game and Miles Morales. That makes sense. It is both that locations. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So yes, it is twice the size of the previous two games, but it's still the same map. Makes sense. Um, But... Yeah, outside of that, the only other thing I really have is kind of spoilery, so I'll save that. But um, for the most part, the powers that we got were really cool. A lot of the side quests that we got. See, that's another thing that gives me Batman Arkham vibes with this, is that a lot of uh, the side quests you can do... And a lot of the villains, mm-hmm. a lot of the villains that you can meet on the side are relegated to the side quests. Like Mysterio has a whole bit of side quests. There's one that you have to do as part of the story, and then the rest of it is optional. And like mm-hmm. that definitely gives me Arkham vibes because that game did the same. Those games did the same thing with Batman's Rogues Gallery a lot in those games. You know, it's like big villains were part of the main story, but then when it came to the side quests, that's where you'd run into people like Mad Hatter and Professor Pig and Hush, you know, stuff like that. So I need to get, I need to, I need to play through those games again. And I need need to play through those games completely because I don't think, I don't think I even ever finished Arkham Knight. Well, to be fair, in order to finish "quote unquote" Arkham Knight, you have to get a hundred percent on that in order to get like the actual ending. So there's like a, a a progress wall that you hit after you get so far in the game, and then it expects you to 
complete everything before it lets you see the actual ending. So I just that makes sense. I looked it up on YouTube because I didn't feel like dealing with the Riddler shit <laughs> at the time. Um, but uh, there is a HD remaster collection of Asylum and City called Return to Arkham that was for the PS4 playable on PS5. That is probably the best way to play the two best games in the whole series. You know, but um, speaking of Craven. Uh, a pretty big who's who of different, uh, villains and even some, I don't want to say heroes, but definitely vigilantes popping up throughout this one. We'll talk more about them in the spoilers, but, like, probably the biggest overall cast any of these games has had so far, I would oh, say. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Um, I w- let's talk about, because obviously this isn't a spoiler, you play as Peter and Miles in this yes. one. I like that. It's not. I wouldn't necessarily say that's a mechanic, but it's definitely. I like. I like that they're they that they have specific. Um. Specific missions that that only one each of that only each of them can do, and then there's times where the other will jump in with, uh, like Peter will jump in with Miles, and Miles will jump in with Peter. I like that. I did like that. I did like that, yeah. When you're, like, just taking down random street thugs and stopping crimes and stuff, every once in a while, the other one will be there helping mm-hmm. you. That yeah. was cool. And it's it's not just them, either. Later in the game, but again, more spoiler territory later, but as you start to meet more characters, they, too, will start jumping into these fights. I well. like that as well, yes. Um, So that was pretty cool and noticeable. Now... Uh, did you have a preference to who you were playing as between Peter and Miles? Um, mm. Like, like because they do play differently. They do. They do, I think. They do. Um, with all of the different um, powers that Miles has and the... I don't know if this would be considered... Sp- yeah, with Peter's, Peter's symbiote powers and Miles' electric powers. Yeah. I find it was easier for me. Okay, so against the symbiotes, it was easier to play as Peter for reasons that I we will I'll get in we will get into later. Yeah, yeah, I know the exact reason why that is. Uh-huh. It's a, definitely a spoiler. <laughs> yep, we'll get into that later. Um. But as far as, like, against the Hunters, even, even, it was, it was, it was evenly matched between Peter and Miles against the Hunters. I guess I was just wondering more from, like, uh, for their specific powers, and, like, I definitely think Peter is more combat-focused, whereas Miles is more stealth-focused. Yeah. Overall, no, I um, I found myself so. Um, my, I think Miles is better for the situations where you're trying to take out enemies quietly, mm-hmm. and like, yeah. Um, so I was just wondering if you found one of them more fun to play as than the other, or if it was like purely situational in, you know, in the purely con- situational. Okay, I can see that. I think the way I would put it is that. I liked 
just because of my gameplay style, if we're talking regular Peter and regular Miles, I like playing as Miles more. His electric powers, to me, are more um, fun and useful than Peter's robot arms that come out of his regular spider suit. Yeah. That being said, though... Mm-hmm. I have to I have to agree with that. That being said, though, Symbiote Peter is more fun to play as than regular Miles or regular Peter combined. Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Black Suit Spider-Man is the peak of gameplay in that game, for sure. Like... Yes. Like, absolutely. Like, his powers are the best, especially, like, when you're surrounded by multiple enemies and you just do one of those rage moves that hits them all at once. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, I definitely loved that aspect of it. I will say, though, that it does seem like Peter's side of the story is definitely more focused on, like, science and, like, cosmic stuff with aliens and whatnot. And Miles' Miles side of the story is a bit more grounded. He's dealing with some more mysterious stuff with, with, like, like, uh, magical stuff with, like... Uh, you know, like uh, the the Doctor Strange stuff and the uh, Mysterio mm-hmm. stuff and the um and the Martin Lee stuff, but his side of things is also more down to earth, so to speak, because he's dealing with yeah the street level everyday folks that you're doing a lot of side quests for on his side of things. Like you're you're finding stolen jazz instruments for the museum for your community and you're helping your schoolmates yep. with their science projects and stuff like that. Meanwhile mm-hmm. Pe- meanwhile Peter's like zip around like like a um Peter's, like, experimenting with, like, DNA and, like, zipping around, taking down, like you said, like, aliens and stuff, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, there's definitely a small juxtaposition there, but the stories, for sure, cross over in ways that, that definitely matter. And I like how they take everything from the first two games, Spider-Man and Miles Morales, and tie a nice little bow on it in this game. Yeah. <clears throat> bringing the whole thing full circle. Because, I mean, you know, for a while there, until I went back and kind of refreshed my memory of it, I forgot that Miles actually had a pretty big role in the first Spider-Man game before he was also a Spider-Man, you know, mm-hmm. before he got powers too. Uh, there were a few stealth sections where you played as him as a normal human in that game. I think I, I think I do remember that, yeah, a little bit. I think that might Martin Lee was also the villain of the first game, so that's also when his dad died. That was a big part of that story because the villain sure of the, was the the villain of Miles Morales. I keep getting them because Miles got his own game, so sometimes I get it confused. But all of that stuff with Martin Lee happened in the first game, and his dad and all that. Miles Morales was about the Prowler. Sure was. It was. He was the main villain of that game, so yeah. Um, and then of course you're doing missions for him in this one. <laughs> um but Yeah. But yeah, um a lot of fun stuff. I will say a couple of those side quests, like the ones that are more puzzly, like the Prowler one, kinda had me sitting there scratching my head for a minute before I finally figured it out. Like I was like, Oh, there it is. You know, I was just like wasn't looking hard enough or just missing something right under my nose every single time. You know? Mm-hmm. 
that's all it really was for the most part. It's just my own folly. It's not like they're hard or anything. It's just, you know, some of them you have to you have to actually kind of look around and pay attention to the environment to figure them out. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I will have to agree with that, yes. We'll talk about it more in the spoilers, but I have to say my favorite series of side quests was definitely the Cult of the Fire one. Yes, um, uh, I will. Was that yours too? No, no, I wouldn't necessarily say that that was my favorite. I would have to say that my favorite. Shit, no, yeah, I would have to. Say, I have to agree with that. No, I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you thought yeah, you thought it was something else, but then you. Thought I thought it was something else, like, but I you know like, was like, uh, yeah, no, I, I'd have to agree. I have to agree. That one probably also has, like, on Peter's side of things, has a lot of story going for it, about as much as the jazz instruments one does for Miles' side of things. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? Um, those are probably the two most story-heavy side quests, I would say. Because um, a lot of them, a lot of the side quests feel more like uh, a checklist of things or collectibles than they do, like story stuff but those two in particular are like you know they have full-on cutscenes and whatnot that you mm, otherwise yeah. miss if if you don't do them yeah yeah so <clears throat> really good stuff in there that we'll talk more about later but um yeah i was just trying to think if there's anything else we want to throw here in the spoiler free section any other thoughts we've talked about the combat the traversal the character swapping, um, you know, the side quests, uh, stuff I can't like that. Think of things... any... I can't think of anything else. I Just think the we things got that this... we knew. Yeah, things about things that we knew about before the game. Yeah, we talked about the stealth sections, the 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 uh, with Mary Jane and all that, and okay. Yeah. Um... I think we got the spoiler-free yeah. Oh, yeah. pretty uh, much covered. Of course, we we, sh- we should also definitely mention real quick that, like, you know, no, no story specifics, but listening to the the podcasts from uh, J. Jonah Jameson and then um, the other girl that's, like, the complete opposite of him back and forth yeah. as you're swinging around, really mm-hmm. great, adds a lot of, a lo- a lot of, like, lore to the overall world. It you does. know, makes it feel alive. I will say this too: I do like how alive the streets of New York feel with all the people and all the cars and everything going on. It's probably the most congested that they've had it before because now that it's on the PS5, they can do that. Yeah. Um, add more stuff into yeah. it. So, yeah. Um, no, they Insomniac really, really outdid themselves with this one. Yeah, yeah, they really did. Um, a very, very solid entry in the franchise. Uh, okay, then. Hell yes. All right, then, yeah, I guess we'll give our ratings and uh, move on to the spoiler section. For me, as I said earlier, I mentioned one of my caveats, and the others will be in spoilers, but there are just a few things that keep it from being a perfect 10, so for me, it's a 9. I have to, I have to, I have to. This was my game of, I, I I said it before, I was preemptively saying this. This, this was my game of the year. It's a 10 for me. All right. 
<laughs> no room for nuance, I guess. Okay. No, no, dude. I, I, Insomniac never disappoints when it comes to these Spider-Man games, and I could not be happier with how this game, the story, the combat, how the mechanics are just seamless. It's fucking amazing. Right. Yeah. Well, in all fairness, too, I'm also like really stingy about giving perfect tens. It's very rare that I do. Even my game of the year last year was a nine out of ten for me. So really, yeah, yeah, no. But nine out of ten is like the closest you can get to being uh almost almost flawless. To if if you get a nine from me, that's basically the same thing as a ten. But it's me also saying that there were a couple of tiny things that could have been done better. Fair. You know. Okay. Yep, that's all that is. It's, you know, and since there's practically no such thing as a game that doesn't have some kind of flaw uh, or a movie or show that doesn't have some kind of flaw, mm-hmm. it's very ra- it's very rare that I give a 10. <laughs> um, but I have given them. I think I gave one to like The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, like the second movie, which is my favorite of the whole trilogy. Didn't you cha- yep. change your your rating from uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse uh, from a 9 to a 10? Yeah, yeah. In hindsight, I think it was just because I was hesitant to give it a perfect score right away just because it was... because it ended on such a big cliffhanger and mm-hmm. I was maybe a little a little sore about that. But in hindsight, after watching it a few more times, it's, it's definitely... Uh, uh, a perfect movie like yeah, there's literally nothing wrong with it i i don't know what i was thinking like it's 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 truly a perfect movie but for reasons we're about to get into this game is not a perfect game but is very very fucking close to being one <laughs> right so that's fair warning warning the remainder of this discussion will contain spoilers for spider-man 2 if you do not want the game spoiled for you please leave now you have been warned the, you know what? I think so that we can just sit here and and put this game on a pedestal the rest of the time. I'm gonna go ahead and get my negatives out of the way first. All right. And the big the big one for me is that like the major draw into this game is Venom, and I feel a little bit like I I love the sections with Venom in the end. Absolutely love them. They were fantastic, but I do feel like. He was a little bit wasted. Like, there wasn't enough. There needed to be more. Once you get the full Venom, like the big Venom that's voiced by Tony Todd, nonetheless, Mm -hmm. you know, Candyman, you know, um, they just... It's. It feels like the moment he shows up, they just kind of rush to the end. Mm -hmm. And that is, like, uh, you know, that's... We don't get enough of him. And Tony Todd himself even said that there was, like, a whole section where... Peter and Miles were supposed to fight him at the same time, and that got cut. And I don't know why it got cut. Damn. It kind of feels like one of those, one of those things where like the developers didn't get enough time to flesh everything out because the publisher was pushing for a deadline. That makes sense. Kind of situation. So, like, I don't, that irritates me a little bit because like Venom is like one of the main aspects of this entire yeah, game, absolutely. and he's in he's in the entire game for maybe like fifteen minutes at the end. And that kind of upsets me a little bit. Um, you know, um, 
I didn't I didn't give the warning that we were in the spoiler section now, but I don't think people need it because they heard the transition. Yeah. You guys know how this works. Once you hear the transition, once we give our rating and you hear the transition, we're in spoilers. So, um, yeah, there was no warning this time. <laughs> it, well, the warning was the was the tra- was the transition. Yeah. Um. But anyways, though, yeah, that's very obvious now that um. That we're in spoiler territory. So for me, the main thing is just that they... I don't want to say they wasted Venom, but they could have done so much more. So oh, no, much they more. absolutely and could. They were like, and the same goes for Craven. They did a lot with him, too. They did a lot. But as, as big of a storyline as that is in the comic book... It could have maybe been fleshed out a little bit more. And, like, the big showdown between him and Venom at the end like should have been a bigger thing than it was i my i guess my main complaint when you put all this together is that the end of this game felt very rushed like once they hit a certain point it felt like they were trying to sprint to the finish and yeah no i agree i i have I, at, I, I i have to agree with that at the time i didn't mind that because after quite a few boss battles and combat i was getting to the point where my hands were starting to cramp and i was like i didn't get that because the co- the combat was starting to get really intense and i was like damn i'm glad i leveled up cuz this would be a lot harder if i didn't right and and i'm like it, for at first, I was happy that the game ended when it did because I was a little afraid it was going to overstay its welcome. But in hindsight, I kind of wish that maybe they would have cut the fat from some other areas of the game, maybe cut down on how many side quests there are and stuff, so they could have allocated more resources into fleshing out that ending a little bit better. Yeah. You know? The game ends really well. Like, as far as the actual ending, I like that, and I like what they did with that. We'll definitely talk about that too, because holy shit! But is <laughs> but like the third act, the third act climax was, um, it was a l- a little not disappointing, but a little it under delivered for me. I guess you could say this was your number two. Um, yeah, this was my number two. But see, that's that's what nuance is all about. You are able to love something and still see its flaws. That makes sense, the, yeah. The, neg- the negatives by no means whatsoever outweigh the positives, obviously. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's a 9 out of 10. These are the only complaints, but I feel like they're... I feel like they're... Uh, they're well-founded complaints because I know I'm not the only one who has them. I've heard other people say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Other people who also who also love the game. Um, I've also heard the complaint for this and Zelda that they both just feel like expansions to their predecessors, but that is also coming from people who love them. That's yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Not every not every negative is a uh, is a hit. Most of it is. That's what makes these discussions so engaging to listen to. Is when you can balance out the pros and cons and things you liked and didn't. I know a lot of it, it's all subjective too. Mm-hmm. What does and doesn't bother you, or what you do and don't notice. Now, if the game was having like terrible frame drops and screen tearing, and people chose to ignore that, then I would think they're just being biased. Yeah, but, like. <laughs> You know, but you yourself just agreed that the that the ending did feel a bit rushed. So, um, you know, 
you you noticed it it's something that you caught on to mm-hmm. but something that you that for whatever reason didn't bother you and that's perfectly okay yeah, no i i know? i loved this game it was so good um i just uh I, I, I give credit where it's due, but I also have to, to point out the few things that get to me, and really, that was it. Like, if I if I had the only two big complaints about the game is that the 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 final act was was really rushed. We didn't get enough venom, and you know, at the end of the day, it 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 is really just the game does have a case of what I would call sequelitis yeah. um, going going on. That being said, though, those are all small potatoes in comparison to everything that it mm-hmm. does right. Um, so, you know, those are the only three things that keep it from being a perfect 10 for me. Um, to I will say, though, if I remember correctly, I think Miles Morales was almost a perfect 10 for me. It was like a 9.5. So... I still don't understand why that one didn't get any nominations at the Game Awards the year it came out. Uh, because, you know, if, if Spider-Man 2 feels like an expansion game, then Miles Morales feels like DLC is probably why it was, that's fair. It was kind of like a much smaller self-contained side experience that, you know, and that was still good though. It was good, but that was also a pretty stacked year. We had the last of us part two that year. And, um, that's fair. Yeah, quite quite a few other things. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, so let's talk about some of that story stuff at the end there too, because I think the biggest surprise for me, and one of the things that still stands the freshest in my memory, is one of the most memorable parts of the game, one of the most memorable boss battles, and just like one of the coolest parts of the story overall, is. MJ getting infected with a symbiote and turning into Scream. Dude, that was that was one of the fucking uh surprise villains too, wasn't it? Yes, that was one of those curveballs and the game throws a lot of those at you. There's a lot of surprises in this game, but that for me was the mm-hmm. biggest one by far. Yeah, now that was that was that was interesting to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're basically fighting Scream throughout the fucking neighborhood. And, dude, in a fucking residential neighborhood, this shit was fucking nuts, yes. dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still kind of laughing at the fact, though, that, like, I had a few very tiny, very minor complaints, and you were like, I thought this game was your number two. Yeah, no, it doesn't make it not good. <laughs> I'm just, the best metaphor I can think of for what just happened there is, like, I'm like, yeah, I just got a new car, it's got great mileage, it's, you know, all the interior is brand new, got a brand new uh, windshield. My only problem with it is that there's a dent on one of the doors and and you would be like i thought you said you liked it <laughs> you know <laughs> like, <laughs> i do the dent on the door doesn't undo all the good shit i just said <laughs> right you know yeah yeah no uh i think uh one of the big things people on the internet have to learn is to stop taking valid criticisms of things they like as personal attacks because that's Makes not what sense. it is no um <laughs> 
you know. But anyways, uh, um, yeah, Scream was fucking great. That whole fight, that whole residential neighborhood fight scene was fantastic. And um, speaking of MJ, um, that one of the things I mentioned earlier about the stealth sections with her, probably my favorite part of that, and you know this appeals to me because I play a lot of horror games, and this mm-hmm. felt like something out of one, was the section where she's going after Peter in, like, the sewers or the tunnel or whatever, and he's mm-hmm. got the... He's got the the black suit, and he it's taking him over, and he's turning evil, and he starts chasing her through the tunnels, and you're running from her perspective. That is so cool. I love that part. Yo, dude, that, dude, that, was, that was fucking amazing, dude. Hell yes. Yeah, like, that was a very well done... Oh, absolutely. Very well done part. Um... Overall, uh, some yeah, just some really I, great stuff in here. Um, Miles with Martin Lee, like reconciling with him, and like yeah, the man who killed Miles's dad. Not, yeah, but I like how he says that he he basically tells him, "I'm not gonna forgive you, but I appreciate what you're doing for us." You know, like because, yeah, you know, it goes to show he can be civil. You know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend and all that, but, like, he he has no obligation to forgive him for what he did. You know, he doesn't owe him that. No. And that's cool that they showed that, you know. You don't always have to take the high road and forgive your enemy just because you're working together now. It's, you know, what happened happened. Yeah. It's still... Miles Miles' feelings about what happened are still completely valid, and I love that they touch on that kind of stuff. Hell yeah. It adds a very emotional uh, and personal level to the character. Absolutely. You know? Um, and I, I mean, like speaking what, of which, I like what the uh, Martin the... Lee had said. Oh, go ahead. I like what Martin Lee had said. There was one thing that he had said that really, really made it even deeper. I think it was something yeah. along the lines of, and I will spend the rest of my life forgiving myself for what I did. Or something, yeah, something along the lines of that. Yeah, the rest of his life, which basically, wait, if, if, did he die or not? I can't remember, because I thought he did, like, big, some big sacrificial movement near the he end. Might which have. is where Peter ends up getting his, his white symbiote suit. He gives, um, Miles gets something from Martin, some kind of power that he's able to transfer to Peter, and that gives him the better suit. Uh, so he can have the symbiote powers and be in control of the himself. An- the That's anti- what we we're going to talk the about. The anti-symbiote suit? Yeah, yep. The anti-symbiote or don't, suit? Yeah, don't they call it the, the anti-venom suit? Yeah, anti-venom suit, yep. That's right. The white venom suit? Yeah. Yes, it's so Hell cool. Yeah. And yeah, it definitely works wonders against symbiote-type mm-hmm. enemies. Oh, um... <laughs> Circling back really quick, I just thought of this, just popped into my head too. I can't believe that I'm I'm like super late on this as a comeback, but I gotta say it anyways. All of those things that were on my very small list of negatives is exactly why this game was only my number two and not my number one. Gotcha. Of twenty twenty three. That makes sense. But keep in mind that it was a very 
very difficult competition. I struggled with my number one for a while, but I eventually had to give it to the game that was basically the video game version of Twin Peaks. There. <laughs> uh, just, you know, because uh, at the end of the day, I was rewarding originality and creativity and innovation over what is essentially, at the end of the day, just another superhero story. Yeah. You know? Um, but... I don't mean that in a bad way. Right. It's just, you know, if you're going to play compare and contrast, there's definitely something to be said about the 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 game that takes narrative risks versus the one that plays it safe. Oh, no, absolutely, so, yeah. Um, so that, that being said, though, this game did take some risks. I will give them that. Um, I... I love the whole this is another thing too. I didn't want to mention this in the in the regular I wanted to wait for spoilers for this one. Um but this was another moment that pe- some people I heard said made the game feel very trademark this is a PlayStation exclusive uh and that is the whole carnival section with Harry and MJ where you're going around playing the carnival games that and That part going on the was rides so cool. That part was cool. I loved that part. I really loved it. And I disagree with the, there are some people who have complained about that and they've been like, I don't need all this. I know about Harry. I could just, I could just go to the carnival and play games. I just don't like, let me be Spider-Man. I disagree. These moments add to the story. Absolutely. You know, in a lot of ways and they make the game feel more cinematic. They add some humanity and personality to these characters who are usually flying around in suits. Mm-hmm. You know, it it, gave, it grounds you. It gave a them. Bit. It gave the. It gave Peter a bit of a break from being Spider Man for a, just too. a little bit. That too, and those moments are nice to see for that reason. Yeah, that's part of the whole struggle. You know, and like, but like. I, I do agree, though, that sections like that are probably the parts that make it feel very like, hey, this is a PlayStation game, <laughs> you know? We do this whole, like, narrative-focused interactivity thing, <laughs> you know, a lot. Yeah. So, One thing that I really that it- liked about, and this, this ties back into the, the, the carnival section, I really like that there were a couple of uh, villains that were uh, like, basically they, they, they did, they, they got rid of the, the lifestyle that they used to live and they were trying to better themselves like tombstone and Mysterio. Agreed. Agreed. Well, Mysterio, I don't, I mean, Mysterio is debatable because I, because remember, you're going around saving people who got trapped in his weird nightmare. No, oh, yeah, that's that's like, right. Yep, you know. Yeah, you're right. Oh, who, who else you know, was it? I don't I know think though. I, I did all of those. One of them. I did all of those though, and I I do know though. To be fair, Mysterio didn't intend for that to happen. That was like you know because I did all of those. Yeah. Um, missions, and he's pretty innocent by the end of that. It was all a genuine misunderstanding. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's um, what I meant by that too. I was gonna say another one of the uh, the <coughs> super villains gone good. But you you actually have to save Tombstone. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought you have to actually have to save Doctor Connors too. The lizard, yeah, he played a pretty big role in this since you're chasing him through like at least an hour and a half of the yeah. game. Yeah, that I would have to say that that. I would have to say that that 
out of all of the different um like super villains that you had to save from the hunters I will have to say out of all of them my favorite was Dr. Connors. Okay. I guess we should probably mention though that not all the supervillains survive this game. The, the, the Craven actually succeeds in killing off several of them, including Scorpion yep. and Vulture. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think, which is really fucked up. Those are pretty big names. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say we uh, we didn't talk about uh, Flint and Marco. I think he include. I think he killed Electro like- too. Or the shocker, the shocker, the shocker. The shocker. Name is. Electro is the Electro is the Batman villain. <laughs> um, or is it the or is it the other way around? I can't Electro, remember. Electro. I was going to say. I, I thought. Elect- no, Electro. No, Electro is is the electric one that Jamie Foxx played in the movie. I'm thinking of. Uh, okay, there is a a villain in the Batman universe called the electrocutioner who has shock gloves that he they're electrified gloves that he uses to punch people with and i'm pretty sure that shocker is the same in the spider-man you i'm pretty sure we fought him in the first game i believe so um but we i think we also fought electro too so it gets confusing it does um but it's it's a similar concept shocker basically has electric gloves yeah that's his thing so um, we find in one of Craven's hideouts his glove sitting, uh, one of his gloves sitting on like a trophy stand, and you read like a note or listen to an audio file about from Craven about how he was not a a suitable uh, competition. He went down very easily. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I like that. I like that you you know when you're sneaking around Craven's base, you can find. They only show him killing Scorpion, but, like, the others are dead by the time you already get there, and you learn about it through audio files and the stuff that you find. Yep. You know, which is pretty cool. But, man, when you think about it, they killed off most of the Sinister Six in this game. Yeah, they did. Uh, But, you know, there's always the potential to bring them back. Obviously, they're starting a connected universe of Marvel games because we now know that the upcoming Wolverine game is going to be canonical to this same to the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man and games. I think I so. think one of those games that was on that leaked list was was a Venom game too. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Yep, a Venom game and a full-on X-Men game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, do you think... So they have plans. It seems like right now it's just Spider-Man and X-Men, but I'm wondering if they'll go further in the future. Do you think that we will ever get a Sinister Six game? That was the first Spider-Man. <laughs> hmm? Think about it. That was the first Spider-Man. The Most of the villains that escaped from that prison that you have to chase down are the Sinister Six. Oh. Electro, Scorpion, Vulture. You literally get into a boss fight with all six of them at the same time on the roof. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. It's been a minute since yeah. I played the, first, played the first Spider-Man game. Wait, didn't you just go back and replay those two I went, to refresh your no, memory? No, I, I, I had, uh, I didn't, like, I didn't uh, go back and, I was having a hard time getting the first Spider-Man game to re-download. Uh, I didn't okay, like I replay the story. I was going back and like finishing out the uh the side missions that I missed 
after finishing Miles Morales to refamiliarize myself with the mechanics. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Though. Yeah. All right. I get that. I get that. Okay. Okay. Um. Oof. Yeah. They. Uh, <clears throat> I'm curious to see the the different places that they would go with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Absolutely. You know. But the stories that they did here with Harry and the symbiote and Craven, they were definitely mixing two different, very popular Spider-Man comic book stories together. Do you think um, in the next Spider-Man game that we see, whenever we do see another Spider-Man game, do you think that we will see uh, Norman Osborn as uh, the Green Goblin? I do think they kind of hinted towards that in Give this it- one, in the post credit scene. That's what I was thinking too, because yeah, because because there was um, uh, Norman was uh, like super like angry with uh with Miles and Peter because they weren't they basically he basically said you they ruined my son. They, yeah. Yep. They didn't want to tell. They didn't want to tell Norman that. There was there was a chance that they were not going to be able to save Harry after they took down the symbiote that took over his body. Yeah, anyone who's like he, they'd say they saved him, they saved him, but they they didn't save him to the point where he's going to be the same. No, this this man is going to be on life support to basically keep him alive. Yeah, yeah. Cause it, cause they, he was in like a, a, what looked like a hospice bed, uh, at the, like, uh, after, uh, after, um, after the, the final battle with Venom. Yup. 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 And, um, yeah, anyone who has even the smallest knowledge of Spider-Man can definitely see where this story is going in the future. <laughs> Um, absolutely, and I cannot wait to see the Green Goblin because if if you if you also paid attention, I never once saw Norman wearing any other colors but green. You know, I didn't think about that, but that is an interesting thing to notice, huh? Yeah, as I said, that's something that I, I. when I when I play games like this, I like to pay attention to those tiny little details like that, just because I, it could potentially ref- reference something later down the line. Damn, we gotta get you to go into every game, movie, and show with that same mindset from here on. Out. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, like because though that dude, like I've uh, got imagine, some fucking imagine the- how theories going on here. Discussions would go. If if you went into everything like that, oh man. Um, so I guess one of the things that has to be mentioned is the opening of this game for sure starts off with a big old fight with Sandman, like a citywide fight with a giant Sandman, really showing off the mm-hmm. whole what we can do with an SSD hard drive now thing, especially the scene where he grabs Miles and throws him halfway across the city, just how fast yeah. and seamless all that is. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you couldn't definitely have done showing that on, off the like definitely showing off the 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 hard drive of the uh, the PlayStation Five or the 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 engine in the PS Five. 
Yeah, it's that's the SSD hard drive doing all that work there for sure. Uh, for the most part, on fast load times, they they Insomniac has a way of showcasing what they can do now in the opening of their games. Just like with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, they had you jumping through all those different portals, uh, going to mm-hmm. different dimensions in that opening fight. It's kind of a similar concept here. Um, yeah, and of I like how. The way the story unfolds continues to have consequences, like, um, for the people down below in the city, too. So after that big Sandman fight in the beginning, there's sand all over Mm -hmm. the city, and every once in a while you have to help, like, cops and police officers that are trying to clean it up, and you have to, like, stop stop criminals that are trying to take advantage of the chaos and stuff like that. And then when the symbiotes take over, they become a huge presence on the seas and that affects everybody down there too, you know, and regular Mm -hmm. people are, are turning into symbiotes and stuff. So I do like that as the story progresses, the environment changes to match what's going on. Um, Yeah, exactly. And that it does affect the everyday regular people down on the streets too. Definitely. It does. And that is, you know, I like that we get, like, kind of a compare and contrast view of things. Like, you know, like the more galactic alien stuff and then, you know, the down-to-earth stuff on the streets, too. Um, Right. Speaking of which, we mentioned it earlier. We talked about the Cult of the Fire side quest. Yes, I was just about to say. uh, Wraith is a huge part of that. She comes back Mm -hmm. for this. Yep. And joins you as a sort of helper. Um, also known as Yuri. Yep, yep. You may remember her from Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. And was she in the first game or was it Miles Morales? She, I can't remember. It, it it was Genki that was in the uh, it was in Miles Morales. Uh, it was Yuri that was in the first one. Okay, got it. That's right. But yep, Genki and Yuri are like in a... this, in, are both in this one. Just. Yuri's just in it in a dis- different capacity. Right, right. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I need to refresh my memory, too, of those games. But the... Uh, yeah, so having her back and having you do all that. But what I find really great is when you do the last quest, for, or the last mission for that quest, and you finish it up, and... um. Unfortunately, the leader of the cult gets his hand on some symbiote, and he gets away with it, and he talks about how sometimes you have to have a little carnage or something oh, like that, the and the fucking symbiote turns re- the fucking red, red for a symbiote. minute, yeah. The red symbiote, dude. Dude. So they're I have definitely a feeling hinting that... That, this, that this guy is going to become carnage. Do you later. think that that carnage would be in... The, the villain in the Venom video game that's going to be coming out? That would make sense. It sure that would. That would make sense to me. It sure would, because um, in that game, Venom would be considered the... I wouldn't... Uh, hero, per se? Or would that be more of like an anti-hero game? Anti- anti-hero, yeah. Kind of like the sure. Deadpool game. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that much. I would, I would definitely say that. Um... I also really liked, on Miles' side of things, the quests where you're trying to find all the missing jazz instruments. Uh-huh. Um, because once you find all of them, there's like um, 
they go on display at a museum and you get to partake of like the party slash event where yeah. they're being shown off. Mm-hmm. And you walk around talking to people, and there's like a whole cutscene with your with Miles' mom that is like really, like really well done. Oh, absolutely! It was heartfelt section. as fuck. Um, yep. So there are like a lot of these things that you pretty much like if you want to get the full story of this game, you got to do a lot of these side quests. Yeah. Um, I also like the ones that my that Miles does for his schoolmates, um, and then like the gift that they give him at the end of that. Okay, yeah, the I think it was the um, was one of the, the one of the suits. Now yep. I know you yep. had said something then, um, earlier about um, a character that is referenced once you collect all the different spider bots. What character? Well, you haven't seen you haven't seen the second Spider Verse movie yet, so you wouldn't know exactly who I'm talking about. But there is a character in that game named Miguel, played by Oscar Isaac, who is the the leader of the uh, Legion of Spider People that are like um, he sends different Spider People to different universes to like collect intel and make sure that that events happen the way they're supposed to. He protects the timeline by making sure canonical events uh-huh. uh, happen. Right. So to speak. And so I think that's that's the character they were referencing. The character that you meet, is she runs a bar called The Bar With No Name. And um, after you find all the spider bots, she uh-huh. basically shows up and steals them. And when you meet when you meet her, though, she mentions not so much by name, but she mentions Miguel. And the theory, the running theory, is that because I think she was supposed to be uh-huh. in the second movie, but wasn't. Um, the running the running theory is that she's going to be in the third okay. movie, and that um, and that what she's doing in this game is on direct orders from Miguel, thus tying these games into the overall Spider-Verse. Okay. Yeah. Which would make sense because there is a moment in there is a moment in the most recent Spider-Verse movie where one of the characters keeps popping his head into different universes and one of those universes everything's made of Legos and one of those universes he pops into is live action and it's the universe from the Venom movies. So interesting okay yeah so that's kind of like the whole thing and in that movie you do like meet like a central hub where all these different spider people from all these different universes kind of converge together and hang out so do you think that at some point like literally like thousands of spider-men in that movie (laughs) so i've got a i've got a theory um a little off topic but still on topic um do you think in the next Spider-Verse movie that um there will be uh like a point in time where they have um they pop into the universe of the Insomniac uh Spider-Verse uh, universe? Well, if I remember correctly, the um Insomniac Spider-Man Peter Parker was there in this in that second movie among those group of spider people really yeah like he was like it's not directly pointed out he's like you know hidden amongst a a million different spider-men but he's there okay so i this is what i will 
because at the time of recording this, I hadn't actually found all the spider bots myself. I just kind of looked up what happened. And directly from IGN themselves, this is um, what happens here. Once you have found all the spider bots, there's a mission that pops up called The Message. And um, you... uh. It, you might have to open up your phone in the game in order to even activate the mission. But uh -huh. once you get to where you need to go, there's an alley. You approach the marker between two barred windows and a cutscene will start. So what happens in the cutscene is there is a woman at a bar and her name is Delilah. She was a character that was shown okay. in the... In the art book for 2023's Across the Spider-Verse movie, she's okay. a tough-as-nails uh, tough villain who, o who owns and tends at the bar with no name, a hidden establishment for supervillains from New York City. She's a Ooh. gifted assassin specializing in hand-to-hand -hand and bladed combat. The fact that she takes away all the spider bots implies that she has ulterior motives, especially since she hints that Miguel, the villain of Across the Spider-Verse, is looking for them across the universes. The involvement of the Spider-Verse was foreshadowed by the mid-air spider bots, which have the hexagon portal shape around them. Uh, okay. Delilah was originally intended to debut in Across the Spider-Verse. However, she ultimately never appears in the movie. Her presence in Marvel's Spider-Man 2 seems to be setting up her appearance in the third movie beyond the Spider-Verse. Okay. This is not this is not the first time the multiverse has been a story element in Insomniac Spider-Man universe either, as the Insomniac Earth 1048 Peter Parker appeared in 2018's Spider-Geddon comic. Notably teaming up with the reformed Otto Octavius of Earth-616, the prime Marvel universe, Peter also briefly appeared in Across the Spider-Verse in both versions of his advanced suit. Yeah. Okay. So, that's what the Spider-Bot missions are. I figured it would have something to do with the Spider-Verse stuff, and it's funny because at one point, I, when playing as Miles, I picked up a Spider-Bot that was, the design of it was the Miles Morales suit from the Spider-Verse movies, yeah. and he was like, don't tell any, he's like, don't tell anyone, but you're my favorite Spider-Bot. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, like, the dialogue that changes when you pick them up, depending on who you're playing as, when you pick them up, too. So, I saw something earlier that is Spider-Man related, so it's not completely off-topic, but it involves the Tom Holland, the, the fourth Tom Holland Spider- this is, this is just a rumor at this point. It says, Spider-Man 4 is reportedly set to completely merge with Sony's Spider-Verse movies. If this rumor is true, Tom okay, Holland. Okay, so that would be Tom Holland could be meeting that a would lot be more Venom and M Mobius so uh, far. I think. As I say, if this rumor is true, Tom oh, Holland and, could and be... Madam Web. Yeah, Tom Holland could be meeting a lot more Sony characters than just Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. That's true. And this picture That's has Miles Morales on it too, so this might be the the the, the live action introduction. For Miles Morales into the MCU. It's all purely speculation at this point, but I would love to see Miles Morales in the MCU. Absolutely. I would love to see it. Yeah, it's definitely something I've been waiting to see if they would do. They hinted at it, a possibility. They, did. they absolutely before. did. Like, we've, we've met his, um, 
Miles' uncle. Who is played by Donald Glover. Uh, yes, Donald Glover's Spider-Man Homecoming. Well, here's a funny thing, too, about that. In Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, there's a, a scene where they have a bunch of, like, um, a multiversal villains captured. And one of them is Donald Glover dressed up as the Prowler. Oh, man. So that would be interesting. Yeah, um, it would be. To see. But um, back on the topic of the game itself, yeah. I'm trying to think about, Sorry about that. Uh, some of... <laughs> Oh no, we're we're good. Uh just trying to think about some of the other stuff. Um You know, I I think we've just about covered all of it, honestly. I mean, it's only like a 20-hour game yeah. and there's a lot of side quests, but a lot of those other side quests, they don't have a whole lot of story stuff going for them. They're just kind of like a list of things to do and you like unlock a new suit at the end or something. Yeah. But, um the ones that we mentioned had some pretty big stuff. I will say there are a couple of down-to-earth side quests that are really cool that you can do as Miles. Like, the one where you um, help the uh, help that lady find her father who went missing. Her He's grandpa. an old guy, and then you find him sitting on the... Her... Yeah, her grandpa. You find him sitting on the bench in the park. And the one where you help a homeless Harold as well. Mm-hmm. Um those were both some really well that done, kind of, really okay. emotional. So the side homeless, quests. the homeless Harold, the dude, the guy with the pigeons, after coming back, I, I almost kind of teared up a little bit. Because he yeah, was everyone because he was letting le- le- got to people. He was letting his his pigeons go because he knew he was when he was going on a quote unquote adventure. He knew it was his time to go. Yeah. Yeah. That that kind of fucked with me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a lot of people said that about that mission. It's a tearjerker for it sure. It really is. Definitely one people should do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, So I love those, those mm-hmm. like real human moments there too. And that's just like very, very Spider-Man. Like he really is your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Absolutely. Like, you know, like he's the hero that has the time for the little people. Exactly. You know, um... I know we mentioned before there are several missions where you play as MJ in this game, but it turns out there's at least one where you play as Haley too. And um Yeah. You know, Miles' friend who is deaf. Um and one of the things I noticed and by doesn't the way, she eventually become his girlfriend? I think he kinda hopes for that. They he I think he asked her, but they kinda left it on a maybe for now. Um yeah. Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You that know, makes sense. Um, she doesn't know if she wants to commit to being a the girlfriend of a superhero and put herself in constant danger. Well, not only that, but she's like really busy with her art stuff too. Um, that too. Yep. But like, I did like that mission where you have to solve like a small puzzle to figure out the the thing to move the crane to go do the uh, the graffiti stuff. That was cool. Um, but what I really, what I really like about it is that since you're playing as a deaf girl, the audio of the game is altered to kind of put you in her shoes, so to speak. Explain, like, yeah. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I thought that was a neat, uh, a neat touch that they did. But also if you pay attention during cutscenes where she's there, uh, like characters that are talking not even to her but to each other are still using sign language so she can know what they're saying. So like if Miles 
Mm-hmm. Miles and Genki are talking to each other, but in front of her, they'll still use sign language so she knows what they're saying to each other. You know, they're not talking to her directly, but they're not leaving her out of the conversation either, which was really cool. That Yeah, I did notice that. I did notice that. I didn't pick up on it until you just said something, but I did notice that. Yep. Um, that And there is a decent amount of uh, LGBTQIA plus representation in here, too, with some of the NPCs and side quests. Yes. Especially the college students. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Like, I'm pretty sure one of them is pretty much you're helping a guy propose to his boyfriend. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> that is, yeah, uh, propose him to... To go to the dance. Uh, to go to the dance, yeah. To go to the homecoming dance, yeah. Yeah. So, that was cool. Um, I thought... Yeah. I thought, yeah, that, that's, I think... There are definitely some moments, like, this This game has its, like, really huge superhero moments in the story, but there are a lot of, like, mm-hmm. really down-to-earth moments in the side quests and just, like, the general exploration of the city that you could otherwise miss. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> let me not forget, by the way, to mention that Black Cat came back in this game. She was a, a character in a DLC in the first game, um, a DLC story in the first game. She comes back in this game Mm -hmm. having stolen something from Doctor Strange and using it to teleport. Uh, She just basically pisses off to Paris, and then they wrap up her story that way. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she goes to make sure that her girlfriend is uh, safe or some shit. Yep, yep. But they brought her back, but I love that part because it was... It felt like they were trying to do, like, a callback to Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart with the portal jumping stuff by having you fly through those Doctor Strange circles. That was some straight-up Doctor Strange shit, dude. Yeah, it also felt like they were kind of banking on the popularity of seeing Spider-Man and Doctor Strange together on the big screen in their last movie. So, like, Mm -hmm. they were like, okay, we're not going to... Maybe he'll be in the next game. We're not going to bring him in directly, but we are going to point out that he exists in this universe. But we kind of knew that already because you can... You know, that I, I do like that they take the wand back when Miles is about to use it and they replace it with a note from Wong saying thanks for the help. It's just like they magically steal it back. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have done that the whole time. Why did you need our help in the first place? Um, They're right. But I want to talk a little bit about the Easter eggs you can find around the city in that regard. So you got Doctor Strange's Sanctum, of course. You got the Avengers Tower, like before. But there's more. Yep. Um... There's, um, well, there's actually a full-on trophy for visiting Miles's dad's, uh, grave as Miles. Um. Really? Yeah, and there's also, you can visit Aunt May's grave as Peter, and they're both in the same cemetery. Um, I want to say in the very northwest, either northwest or northeast corner of the map by the church. I'm going to have to boot the game back up to go get those trophies. Um, and uh, I want to say, whoa, there's a name, there's a company. The name escapes me now. Um, okay, there's a company called Damage Control. They've been introduced in the MCU as a group that comes in and cleans up behind superheroes, like cleans up the mess they leave behind. They were... Makes inter- sense. They were introduced in both Miss Marvel, the TV show, and the the late the third Spider-Man movie. Um, they were both there. Okay. 
I think they might have actually been introduced in the first Spider-Man movie because the Vulture worked for Damage Control before he turned evil because they were cleaning up the the mess from New York. Um, in that in the flashback, uh, from the from the first Avengers movie in Homecoming, yeah, in in Homecoming in the beginning, yeah. So damage yeah. Con- damage control can be found cleaning up the Sandman mess in New York City. Uh, if you look hard enough, mm-hmm. um, after the opening of the game, they're around, and you can find a uh something for them. Also, you can find the Roxxon Corporation again. Uh, in here, yep. R O X X O N. They play a big role in Marvel yep. co- in Marvel Comics a lot. So, um, all kinds of stuff. Um, I'm looking at a list now because I didn't find all the Easter eggs myself, but I do want to talk about them. You can find the Wakandan Embassy uh, there, um, where representatives from Wakanda uh, are there to. Uh, communicate and negotiate with, you know, their allies in the U.S. And if you visit the embassy as Miles, you can do the Wakanda Forever salute while you're there. Where is this in the game? It is... It's actually been in all of the games so far, but the, the new interaction is unique. It is in the Midtown District... Um, not too far from the river, uh, basically. Um. Really? Yeah, just a little, just a little bit east of the river in the Midtown District. Um, also, there's a new Baxter building for the Fantastic Four. Um, if you can find it, it's at the southwestern tip of Central Park, and if you, uh, if you go to the roof of the building, you can see them... Uh, you can see an unfinished Fantastic Four logo. It's still being painted. Really? Yep. Okay. There. Where is this one again? You said the southwestern tip of Central Park. The back on the top of the on the roof of the Baxter Building. Okay. Yeah, and if you just if you Google a list of Spider-Man Two Easter eggs, uh, IGN has a pretty comprehensive list here that tells you where they all are. Um. There's also in one of Miles Morales's suits that you can get is called Best There Is, and the suit's name yep. is a reference to the popular Wolverine quote from the comics, I'm the best there is at what I do, but what I do isn't very nice. And the, mm-hmm. the suit itself looks nearly identical to Wolverine's yellow suit. Yeah, it does. Okay, so you got that suit? Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Um, yeah, I mentioned Doctor Strange and Damage Control, and let's see. This says the fallout of Spider-Man Miles Morales. With Spider-Man 2 taking place a year after the events of Miles Morales, you might expect that the city is fully recovered, but you'd be wrong. Not only can you find Miles and Finn's science trophy atop Trinity Church in Lower Manhattan, but you can also see the remnants of Roxxon Tower at the northern tip, where the plaza and the roof of the building still show the scars of the climatic, ba- the climatic battle from that game. Okay. Yep. On a more bittersweet note, you can even find Rick and Finn's graves in the cemetery at Harlem along the south edge. Okay. In Harlem next to Miles' apartment, you'll also f- note the return of the awesome mural featuring both Spider-Men that you saw Haley working on at the beginning of Miles Morales. 
which is now finished. Mm-hmm. Um, which was freshly complete as the credits rolled. Also, people are saying, has the hand or Daredevil possibly been teased for a DLC? A particularly oh. a particularly strange location can be found in the middle of the Upper West Side District, located at the waypoint marker. Yeah, they have a waypoint marker on the image. But when you arrive here, you'll find a red flag with a strange symbol above the garage door. Peeking through the barred window, you'll see a number of weapons, additional symbols, historical swords and shields, and skulls. Even more peculiar, if you head to the opposite side of the building, you'll find a bookstore that you can actually enter via the open door. And inside, you'll be able to see into the secret room through a bookshelf on the back wall. But also notice the metallic goat slash ram skulls on the wall of the store and the abstract painting. This was clearly placed here intentionally, though its true meaning or relevance is as of yet unknown. Many players have assumed this could be Insomniac's version of The Hand, an ancient and mystical clan of ninjas, most commonly clashing with Daredevil in the comics. Mm Mm-hmm. With Nelson and Murdoch seemingly relocating, more on that below, and creative director Brian uh, Intahar commenting to stay tuned via IGN spoiler cast, the answer could be closer than we think. So there's a lot of, there's a strong possibility that there might be some Daredevil stuff coming to the Spider Man games in the future. Oh, sweet shit. I mean, that doesn't surprise me, because if there's two characters that have collaborated with Spider-Man more than anyone else, it's Deadpool and Daredevil. Mm-hmm. So... I'm looking at that same list. This next one is Lockjaw? Yes, Lockjaw. The... a um, Lockjaw is a member of the Inhumans, and he is a big, big alien dog with superpowers. Okay. Yep, and he was also then... par- part of the Inhumans in the... Um, in the uh, the live action show that they did a little bit that got canceled, but he was in it. Okay. And yeah, I see this. Almost all of the attractions at the amusement park during that section are named after Spider Man villains, which I did notice when I was playing that. By the way, that I did catch on to that. Okay. I, I, I did catch on, like, the octopus ride was named after Dr. Octopus. Like, I felt like that was intentional. Like, it was just, like, in-universe examples of um, of capitalistic businesses um, merchandising, mm-hmm. merchandising on catastrophe, <laughs> which to me feels like social commentary more than anything. Because that's, like, literally what the show The Boys is all about for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like. Like, how can we monetize superheroes? And, like, when you think about it, it makes sense because, like, you remember in Thor Love and Thunder in New Asgard, there's literally an ice cream shop called the Infinity Cone. And uh, I'm like, oh, so somebody saw it was appropriate to open a business named after the guy who, like, destroyed half the universe. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. But, like, hey, controversy sells. So, you know, maybe they're probably selling a lot of ice cream out of that bitch. (laughs) You know? Um, it, I didn't know this was a thing. Apparently, if you're dive bombing as Peter Parker and you press and hold the square button and then pull down on the left stick, Peter will pull out a Rubik's Cube and start to solve it. And if you have enough time, he will actually solve it and admire his work. Okay. That's fucking crazy. Also, there's a Stan Lee statue in this game you can find. The, com- the I... com- uh, commemorative statue returns from Miles Morales. Okay. 
It can be found in the Upper West Side District, horizontally across from the center of Central Park. Nice. Also, yeah, the, so they mentioned the possibility of Daredevil. Well, it looks like, so obviously we all know that Daredevil's real I- identity um, is a lawyer, and he, he he owns a law firm with his partner, uh, mm-hmm. Foggy, and it's called Nel- Nelson and Murdoch, you know, Foggy, Nelson, and Matt Murdoch. And yeah. It looks like the location that it is in the game has changed from the previous games. It's still there, but it's changed location. And mm-hmm. it's changed location closer to where those other Easter eggs can be found, which makes, you know, leads them to believe that it's in, entirely possible that Daredevil has changed location in this universe in order to get closer to the hand and keep an eye on what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know? Um... And a lot of these other Easter eggs aren't really so much about the uh, about the Marvel stuff as they are like other games and stuff. Like you can find the Insomniac logo on the manholes covering the sewers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, there is a reference to a Spider-Man comic book on one of the newspapers, and. Um, there's a reference to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier Disney Plus series when they mention um, the Southeast Asian island uh, Madripoor. Mm-hmm. It, you can find it in a data log. So, um, but that could that could end up having important tie-ins down the line to the X Men stuff that they're trying to do. But, yeah, absolutely. But I I do love all these hidden Easter eggs. They really reward you for looking around and trying to find things for sure. And it it paints a picture for a lot of speculation. And again, I hate to keep bringing this comparison back, but that definitely feels like a Batman Arkham thing because those games did that a lot. In Arkham Asylum, there is a hidden room you can find that is the warden's room if you know where to look and the right wall to blow up. And in there, you can find a map that reveals his plans for Arkham City before that game even came out, you know? Damn, okay. Yeah, just other stuff like that, you know? They they plant a lot of, like, narrative Easter eggs. Or even just, like, running around the city. I think in Batman Arkham City, if you go to Crime Alley, you can actually find the spot where his parents died. Um, And there's even a trophy for it. Um, Damn, all right. And, yeah, just stuff like that. So they have very similar things, like, in that kind of stuff. I just, I love these types, like... If you're if you're gonna make a superhero game, the gold standard is either Batman, Arkham, or Spider Man. Like if you're gonna make a superhero game, make it like one of those two for sure. Yeah. Um that's what? the right way to do it. There was Although I think Wolverine is gonna be more of a hack and slash game, which I think is more appropriate for that character. Yeah. But... I say there's I think there's one more Easter egg. It says uh it's called Bye Bye Backpacks. That just means that, like, you're not picking up backpacks anymore. You're picking up spider bots now instead. Mm-hmm. This is a re- direct reference to the uh, 2018 Marvel Spider-Man game. During the role like we used to main story missions, as a young as younger Peter Parker explores Midtown High, you'll be crawling through the air vents when Peter will find a webbed-up backpack of his. And he will remark that he needs to start keeping track of them so that they aren't misplaced. 
Kind of like a tongue-in-cheek reference to the backpack collectibles throughout the city in the 2018 Marvel Spider-Man game. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why they listed that, though, because that, that kind of, like, that that line is part of a mission that's part of the story, so it's kind of, like, um, hard to miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Kind of no, more yeah. of a obvious line than a than an easter egg but i appreciate them throwing it in there anyways yeah um but yeah there's it's a pretty stacked game with a lot going on but it's got a great story even if the ending is a little rushed it's got great gameplay great easter eggs um a great cast uh, absolutely really good really good acting Mm -hmm. oh yeah, before I forget, those were two of the things I wanted to mention as well before I forget. The first being that I do like that we do see the consequences of the stuff they're dealing with here. Like, after both of them take down Sandman in the beginning, mm-hmm. the very next thing that happens is Miles is late for class and Peter gets fired from his yep. job. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, you know, it's just that huge switch around. But I do like that this game basically ended, and I predicted this, too. Like, I had a feeling this was going to happen just based off dialogue and stuff. As they, It was being foreshadowed. Mm-hmm. But Peter Peter has basically retired, and Miles is the Spider-Man now. Yep. And I, I knew that was coming eventually. I had a feeling that was coming. It just felt like the right route for the story to go with the way that Peter has been kind of, like getting too old and tired for this shit. Right. You know? Yeah, no, I can't say I blame him. But no, he 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 needs to he needs to carry on his his dream that Harry wasn't able to stick around for the Emily May Foundation. Yep. And it is cool that they both get like um new suits at the end too. We mentioned the anti-venom suit for Peter yeah. and then Miles gets a new suit, not new powers to go with it. But I got to say uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Miles' new suit that he makes at the end. It's kind of goofy looking. The one, the, the <laughs> one that opinion. has like the tennis shoes. Yeah, like the the when he when you're watching like the last cutscene and he comes up and he's got like a whole new suit all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, like his hair sticking out of the top of it and everything. Yeah, the one with the tennis um, shoes. Basically, uh, so yeah. I'm gonna make an off off point reference to. One of the PlayStation Stars uh, rewards that I received while uh, once um... the one you get for finishing the yeah game. the one that you get for finishing the game I when I yeah when I got that reward when I got that reward I was kind of I wasn't gonna hold my breath but. I was kind of hoping when I read the description, it made it sound like once you finish the game that they made like a limit, a limited supply amount of physical shoes that you would get once you finish the game. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's never going to happen. <laughs> it would have been cool, though. <laughs> wishful wishful thinking right yeah that's a little bit beyond wishful thinking that just like um that that that's uh strains the borders of realism yeah uh, at that point yeah 
Um, I, I, I don't, I've never seen them doing anything like that. I will say though, that what's, what was interesting for me was, yeah, I got that same like virtual reward on the, on the PlayStation app for the, you know, your virtual trophy case or whatever Mm -hmm. on there. They're basically the same thing as steam trading cards, essentially just digital collectibles. Yeah. But, um, but I also noticed that when I did my PlayStation wrap up, I got a Spider Bot collectible. There you go for that as well. So I no, you went through and did your PlayStation wrap up too, right? You should have got those as well. You should have got the Spider Bot collectible in there. I'm gonna go look too. Let me let me let me let me let me go look. Let me go look. It was that the you may have had to have redeemed the the code at the end of the wrap up for the like the free avatars because I think it might have been part of that too. I don't remember how I acquired this one, but it was the uh, Across the Spider-Verse uh, collectible. Is it the Spider-Bots? No, it's uh, the, the, the Across the Spider-Verse Miles Morales. Oh. oh, I don't have that one. It might have been from using the Core app or something. Uh, It says Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse comes home. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is now out on Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD. Grab a controller and play some games with us to celebrate the home release of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, that one was just the one one of the ones you get for playing anything, as long as you start the campaign. I see. Gotcha. Okay. I should have that, no, too. I don't but think yeah, I got... I think for the Spider-Bot ones... I don't think I got... You have to go back... I don't think I got the... Spider-Bot you have one. to go back to the website where you looked at your wrap-up, and you have to redeem the code for the free avatars that's at the bottom of the page. Is there a way to go back and do that, or is that done It with? still exists. You just go to the same website you did before to do it. <laughs> or you Google PlayStation Wrap-Up 2023. Okay. I'll do that afterwards. <laughs> But yeah, I do believe that's where I got mine from. Um, okay. On there, if I uh, I look just to make sure. But <clears throat> so I'm looking at the spider bots under my collectibles, and it said that I got it from redeeming points, but it says I redeemed zero points to get it. So I think it might have been like a limited time free item under the rewards section. Gotcha. So it's probably gone by now. Yeah, it was two spider bots, one that's got the regular Spider-Man design and one that's got a Prowler design. Yep, I don't think I no, I don't have that. But yeah, you automatically get the Adidas just for finishing the game. Makes sense. But <clears throat> But uh okay. Um So with all of that being said, uh any Closing thoughts on this game overall. Um, anything else you want to say about the the story, the gameplay, anything that we maybe didn't talk about you wanted to mention? Uh, no, I think we pretty much covered everything. That all, all in all, a solid game. I I agree. <laughs> Um, you know, one of the other surprises besides MJ's scream that took me for a loop was one of the Mysterio sections you do as, um, Miles. There's, like, a whole, like, rhythm game section where you're DJing. 
I, I thought that was cool. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that when we were in our spoiler free section, and I don't know why I didn't think about it when we once we entered spoiler territory. But no, I I, I thought that was pretty cool too. But you know, overall, um, you know, just to paraphrase, uh, a really good a really good story, if a little rushed at the end. Some very solid gameplay that improves all the mechanics that came before from the previous mm-hmm. games. Tons and tons of really fun Easter eggs to find. Very fluid combat. The uh, the traversal is really fun. Everything is very responsive. The additions of haptic yes. fe- feedback and adaptive triggers are both very well used in this game. Um, you know, a great rogues gallery of villains that you get to interact with. Um, and some really, really great down-to-earth moments with the everyday civilians yeah. and NPCs that kind of, like, you know, uh, zoom the lens in on the world beneath all of the, you know, climatic clash of the titans <laughs> that happens above. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. This was... So, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited to see where they where they go from here with this franchise. I really yeah. am. I'm looking forward to Me it. Me too. Uh I'm still um, still holding on to the fact that, that that there might be that might be integrating the Green Goblin into the next Spider-Man game. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I uh I definitely think that's that's one of the routes that they're going to go for sure. But mm-hmm. all right. Well, Anyways, uh, for those of you who stuck around for the whole thing, um, obviously that means that you either played this game or don't care about spoilers, so let us know your thoughts. You can write into the show at uh, M-R-O-V-E-R-S-O-U-L-5-3 at gmail.com, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can leave a comment down below. Um, Let me know your thoughts as well and also remember to click that like button because it definitely helps and uh feel free to follow me on the you know i'm tempted to start calling it twix like a twitter x mix my favorite candy bar oh yes but no but seriously though um at oversoul 53 over there as well and you can find me on twix (laughs) <laughs> at uh, the vaping fiend uh, on TikTok at the dot vaping dot fiend and over. I need to get on Twitch more, uh, but you can follow me over on Twitch uh, at the vaping fiend. Indeed. All right. Well, that's it for this bonus episode. We'll see you in the next numbered one. Thanks yes. for listening. Good. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. I didn't know there were bears in these woods. Okay, before we get down to business, there's something I have to tell you. I'm fresh out of honey.